Hi everyone, hi listeners, hi followers on social media, welcome to Mentally Sounds Life in Lockdown podcast. We're at episode 17, so that makes it we've been on for 17 weeks now, um, almost from after lockdown start. There you go, who thought we would get this far, um, when, when Nikki and myself thought that we, we would sort of get this, we lit this rocket and got it started and here we are 17 weeks down the line. Um, but awesome! I hope it's it's done done a lot of good for people out there. So, as you know, Mentally Sound is a mental health, mental well being radio show. We're usually on Spice FM ninety eight point eight FM, but as lockdown has sort of uh, knocked us off, well, not just us, but everyone off their perch somewhat. Um, so we didn't have the same platform as before. Initially, Nikki and myself thought we'll we'll try and get some. Send some advice and good vibes out there for for our loyal listeners and new listeners as well. You know how to cope with the mental health aspects towards lockdown, and then we generated the idea of doing these podcasts. and And the added bonus on top of that was that Spice FM have agreed to um, broadcast these. So just a reminder that this gets played on mentally on uh, on Mondays at uh, one one o'clock and repeats on Wednesday at the same time. That's one o'clock in the afternoon. So. Yeah, awesome. Um, if you're listening to us on, on, on the radio, we welcome you. If you're listening on our social media, we welcome you as well. A reminder that uh, our social media um, platforms, so you'll find us on Facebook, our Mentally Sound radio show. On Twitter, we're at underscore Mentally Sound. And on Instagram, we're Mentally Sound Radio, all one word. Excellent. So, uh, and of course, we'll, we'll you know... When I remember to do the disclaimer, because that is important, um, we will talk about, um, you know, uh, certain aspects to do with mental health that could be, you know, triggers and might sound graphic to a lot of people. So um, that that is a warning out there. But we also add on the end of that, please, 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 if you are finding difficulty, please, please go out and then get help. And, you know, the NHS are, are, are telling us that all services are resumed and, and the services there for us to use so so please go out there and get your help so re- nikki robertson um our resident therapist who joined us um from the start um a few weeks recently she couldn't be there but she rejoined us at the last session so normal services have resumed and talking of bonuses we have another <laughs> she's brought along a an extra special guest his name is Ray Taylor of a, of his group Reach Beyond. Um, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about things regarding listening from the inside in a more of a positive nature. It's, this is kind of almost a follow on from a, a a topic that Nikki sort of talked to me and Steve in the studio regarding our inner critic, which of course is dealing with an inner inner negative. So we're going to be as positive as we can on this show. First of all, hello Nikki, how are you? And hi Ray, how are you as well? I'm very good, thank you. Nice to be back. Welcome, Ray. Thank you, and it's good to be here, Ricky. And it's a nice sunny day out there. So, what better could you have? Oh, is it? Is it quite so? Because when I on my way home, actually, um, I found it a bit chilly. And uh, as Nikki might have told you, um, I'm not a fan of the hot weather as usual. And I was actually, I was actually going sort of my way home, which is because in the beginning temperature dropped really quickly. It was really yeah. warm today, so you, if you were indoors, you probably wouldn't have felt that, Ricky. Yeah. But um, come about five o'clock, it just mm. turned so quickly. Yeah, because I I, le- I left. Uh, I think I left the office at like quarter to six. So um, and then, but on my on my way down, which I think was uh, I just went for a little run, and after so I was feeling a little bit hot anyway from from a bit of running that I did, and then. So and I was feeling quite oh this is quite hot so I'll just got my t-shirt and then 
And then it's just one of those things that at the end of the day, you wish you brought your um, hoodie with you or something wrapped up in a bag, but I'm usually quite forgetful in such ways. But um, it's the first lesson I learned when I moved to England <laughs> is layer up. <laughs> I know. I always carry my brolly as well, but I never, I never bring a top with me if it's a hot day because I, I, I was. You have that thing that you think it's going to be like this for the rest of the day. So what's the point? But but such as well, optimism. Yeah, such as me. And, and next time, Ricky, take not just the brolly, but take your thermal underwear. Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you know I don't do that? So um, yeah. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> so it's awesome you're you're joining us, Ray, and thank you, thank you for joining on this special hour long um podcast that we're doing. Um, so we know much about Nikki's work, and we'll we'll be reminded of that um. Uh, later on when she's you know when we start talking about our topic but regarding you and your background do you want to give our listeners a, a taste of 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 your profession what your expertise in and how you got from how you got to where you are now how long have we got ricky oh <laughs> as quick as you can as quick as you can no, no. But, but we're all ears we're all ears just pretend pretend no one's listening you know pretend it's just us <laughs> no gladly my my background is definitely in management and people development. Mm. Over the years, I've worked internationally um, in hospitality and in retail development, but mm. always from the point of view of how organisations looking after their people. Yeah. Not just from a welfare point of view and a well-being point of view, but getting the maximum from their performance mm. around three things really: yeah. leadership communication and change mm -hmm. and again when you're leading people the first place to start is how do I lead myself and getting people in, in senior positions to recognize how can you lead yourself before you lead anybody else and importantly how can you not just manage the person but lead them to lead themselves mm -hmm. in terms of communication how do you talk to yourself do you tell yourself I can do this you know the inner critic side of things you know oh I would never be able to do that well hang on let's take that away and see what is possible and so once you change that mindset to how you communicate to yourself, how do I then talk to other people? And what's interesting over the years that neuroscience has kicked in and we can put people into an MRI, we can actually see that the way we talk to people lights up their brain in lots of different ways that we hadn't thought about before. Mm. So it's help, it was helping people to recognize when you're talking to yourself and other people, you're changing how their brain works. Right. and be really mindful of that yeah. and the final thing was about change you know I've always over the years been very interested from a personal point of view about self-help and self-growth so I've done Reiki I've done NLP and mm. we'll talk about heart math and a few things like that but it's recognizing that we don't often stop to think about how how could we be better yeah. how could we be more than we are and take away the noise that tells ourselves we can't do these things mm. and help people reach their potential and it's not rocket fuel science, as I'm sure Nikki's talked about over the programs. It's simple stuff, but often we want it to be difficult and complicated. Mm. So sometimes people get annoyed at me when I say, well, let's just make it really easy. Mm. No, 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 it, it's got to be a challenge. Well, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that yeah. way. And the joys I get working with people one-to-one -one now. So mm. over the past four years, Ricky, I've made it much more individually and small group focused that get to people to recognize you know mm. how can you help yourself and how can you regulate your own well-being mm. at the end of the day and i use a range of techniques but particularly heart math which we'll talk about and something called um tap which yeah. is tapping into the energy of the body when it gets blocked right and it doesn't have to be 10 15 sessions with a therapist this is so okay mm. if you've blocked your energy in your own body mm. let's unblock it so it flows mm. 
And heart matters, we'll find out with the listening. Mm. Are you listening to yourself or are you listening to the thoughts of somebody else? Awesome. So where, where, where are you based, Ray? Where is uh, Reach Beyond? Reach Beyond is, well, my base is in Gosforth, yeah. in Newcastle upon Tyne, mm. soon to move to Northumberland okay. in a beautiful village called Walton. Mm. But, you know, like we're doing here, Ricky, you know, this is online. So I can do my work online right. or ultimately face-to-face. Yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 it doesn't matter. It's about connection. Mm. That's important. So I have another question for you. But before that, um, I think it's important for me to ask you, um, as these podcast series is called Life in Lockdown, what was your experience of lockdown to begin with and how did you find the whole the whole thing transitioning also within your within your work as well because of course i think a lot a big thing as you just mentioned is is learning to do more things online so what was that yeah. like for you um on a, on a personal level mm-hmm. the biggest challenge for me because i i have an office and a study at home so that didn't change very much for me because that's where my work was sure the, the, so the personal things was just when I fancied getting in my car or getting on my bike and, and going down to the coffee shop to work or sit in a bar and, and just enjoy that, yeah. that suddenly stopped. Yeah. So I had to learn how to make good coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So that was the, that was a frustrating thing because I, I can work anywhere when I'm designing stuff or whatever. Um, on a professional level, a fair bit of the work moved online, you know, because, mm. you know, when you're coaching or helping people, you can do that with HeartMath in particular. Um, mm. But more and more people kind of trailed off because they, I think they got locked into their own world. Sure. And the time will come back. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And be- but just- I'm my favourite coffee shops uh, in town and, and where I live, so... <laughs> Well, we were just talking about coffee shops before we were, we, we I pressed the record button, and uh, you talk about learning how to make coffee. I just bought the the, the boring add water instant one because uh, I prefer a nice latte. You see, yeah, so yeah. I got the kind of boring. Um, um, I just just add water, give it a good stir, and add some ice. But it's 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 not as tasty, but I think it's a lot healthier, and uh, I, I think I've feel the benefits of that and then of course running was my big strength throughout lockdown yeah so if anything apart from learning to edit this show I've, I've i've become a bit sort of you know exercise aware and and myself and nikki have talked about the benefits of you know that sort of thing within our within our within lockdown so one last yeah. question ray um you talk you what you talk about the background in hospitality so was it was it in essentially a kind of a corporate world that you generated all this stuff as well so were you helping sort of office workers workers trying to sort of believe in themselves to progress in their own work was it that sort of environment uh, yeah, when I say hospitality, it was largely hotels. Yeah, I worked yeah. for some international hotel chains, sure. and they they would regularly. One in particular had a, an internal business school, mm-hmm. so I designed different programs for them. But it was largely around for people in middle to senior roles, right. with the view, Ricky, that if we can help them change how they function and think about things, mm-hmm. that will have a much more powerful impact on others. And one of the programs that I designed for this company was called Proactive Leadership. Sure. And, and literally, the first half an hour of the program, on the screen was the words proactive leadership. Mm-hmm. And we talked about what does proactive mean and mm-hmm. what does leadership mean? Because we all use these words around. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we proactive ultimately became don't wait to be asked. <laughs> if you see a situation that can be improved, if you see a problem that can be solved, then don't wait because you're not the person in charge. Because leadership is about seeing something and doing something about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, 
What a difference a letter makes, Rookie or Nikki. I know. I'm going to get confused. I've joked about it. Well, <laughs> Nikki and I were, were, were mulling over the fact that we should bring out another podcast where it's like Ricky and Nikki's put the worlds to right or something like that, you know. Could oh, I'd, I'd listen to that one. Yeah. Could still happen, could still happen, the way things are happening, but there you go. So, yeah, well, I'm awesome to, to uh, get to know you, Ray. Um, that was a great introduction then. We've got a, got a really good feel of what, you know, your your work and your background. So, um, so on to the topic of listening from the inside. And um, so it's following on from the inner critic then. Um, is it essentially as well just trying to readdress the balance? Because, of course, the inner critic is the inner critic. We would think negativity. Is that, does the, does the title, title alone indicate that there's not enough, uh, positive voices from within that we kind of ride along day by day kind of trying to suppress the negative in the, and is the is the is the positives just hiding away inside ourselves and it's a case of trying our best to bring it out if that makes sense so i'm gonna go with that um answer uh, ricky so i'm go gonna ahead, take one of the components there of your question mm -hmm. and i think a lot of it's about conditioning Right. So a lot of what we are thinking um, is conditioning and we have this negative bias in our mind. Mm -hmm. So our mind will have this 80% negative bias. So we have these, I think I've spoken about it before, we have these 70,000, on average 70,000 thoughts and 80% of them come from a negative space. Yeah. So if you do the maths on that, you're looking at a rough number of about 56,000. So that's really where we find the inner critic because it has this our mind has this propensity to find the negative and it's all due to our stress response, right. our fight and flight, which is actually trying yeah. to keep us safe. So we're constantly looking for threats. Mm -hmm. And when we're looking at this deep listening module, it's really about turning away from the conditioning so we've been conditioned to see things we have we have conditioned biases mm. we have limiting beliefs you know we have ancestral beliefs we've got um grandparents family we've got society's beliefs mm. so a lot of the deep listening is turning away from that and going more into a space of stillness yeah. where we can start to unlearn a lot mm. of that. So the awareness starts to develop about what these conditions are. Yeah. So we start to unpick them and then we move into a deeper space of stillness mm. where we can start to center into that calmness that exists there. Mm. So it's like a delayering of the onion yeah. where we step away from the chaotic frantic thought processed mind away from those conditions we we go into the next layer of understanding and developing this awareness oh this is how all of these things are influencing me and then drop into a space of stillness mm. where there is that's where healing that's mm. where intuition and mm. that's where forward movement starts to happen don't know if you want to add anything to that yeah um a few things in terms of when people, it's not about questioning, well, why do I do that? Mm -hmm. Because we don't know why we do things. Because as Nikki's just said, Ricky, there's lots of things that have influenced our upbringing, our life stories, all that kind of thing. Even before we're born, we're born with lots of stuff, you know, as we all know. And I think it's getting people to, to, to literally just stop. <laughs> don't even, just be aware of what is happening, not why it's happening, not how it's happening. Just be aware of what's happening. And in that stopping, I find... 
that's when the panic first of all kicks in because oh i'm meant to be doing something but what we're trying to do and certainly in the work that we're doing i believe from what nikki and i have talked about is we just want people to stop and just be still for a while mm. and not have to think about things because as i'll talk about with heart math and the heart the heart knows it doesn't it, it doesn't judge it just simply knows deep down what is right for us and, and will protect us no matter what and then we combine that with the mind so mm -hmm. it is allowing that space where i said before the inner critic is vital it stops us diving off a cliff and saying oh this will be fun yeah. <laughs> what are the consequences but it's a thing of balance you know yeah. and it's, it's creating space essentially mm. And it's also switching gears from, and this is something Ray and I were talking about before we connected with you, it's a definite um, changing gears from a state of doing into a state of being. And I was sharing with Ray um, some of my experience a couple of weeks ago, I took a little mini break, we went to the lakes, and I was really very conscious that I was going to practice being, where I would just sit, you know, and just be, and I recognized, as you know, as mindfulness practitioner, I'm very self-aware and I'm very mindful and I have, you know, developed my mindfulness to a point where, um, you know, I can't fault it. But mm -hmm. I think what happened in the lockdown period is there was a heightened state of anxiety that you know, and we've spoken about this in so many of our, our podcasts, yeah. you know, Ricky, you know, sure. there's this global um, raising of, of um, anxiety and concern. Mm -hmm. And I think what happened, it triggered this, I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to, so I need to read my book because I need to, you know, do some self-care for myself and I, and I need to manage my stress. And I was doing, mm. and I recognized while I was away that I actually wasn't being and this is what ray was talking about us just learning mm -hmm. to go into that space of being where we start to slowly shut down the thinking mind and we just are with ourselves mm. and the positive positive effect that has on our well-being mentally emotionally physically it's untold you know it is priceless just even two minutes of that mm -hmm. um yet because we've so conditioned to be on the rat race or yeah. to do something <clears throat> we we don't give ourselves that the experience mm -hmm. or give or allow ourselves permission to experience that mm -hmm. and nikki uh, just saying two minutes reminds me um ricky when i do when i was doing workshops in the good old days before you could mm -hmm. get people in the same room and this isn't good for radio i understand but i have a glass a small glass jar circular glass jar and in that glass jar, there was water, some sand, some marbles and some crystals and some, you know, those very small window keys that we use. Yeah. And I will stand and I use this every time I work with anybody in a group or whatever. And I stand sh shaking in the thinking, they can hear things rattling around. Mm. And I say, you know, we're always busy. We've all, the in-tray is always busy. We can't stop. But sometimes we do stop. And I stop shaking this jar. And of course, gravity, the thing just settles. But then I say, no, we've always got things to do. Mm. And then I stop talking. I say, all we have to do sometimes is this mm. and i stand there at the front of the room and the sand settles they can see the water in it and all everything but they can't see what's inside the yeah. jar yet yeah so i j gradually just put it on its side and in there you can see all the things i've described i see you know we don't stop long enough to see the treasures we have inside and the key mm. that unlocks our potential mm. 
And I, then from day one to day two, I say, okay, so what I call the glass jar experience, I say, okay, between now and tomorrow, whether you're a night owl or an early bird, before you come back tomorrow morning, just sit still for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fascinating when they come back the next morning, say, how was it? Oh, I forgot to do it. Really? I'm not so sure. Mm. And then the people who do, they say, God, two minutes was a long time because they're not used to sitting still yeah. and doing nothing. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, don't worry about performing um, physical uh, exercise with radio because Nikki and myself did a mindfulness exercise uh, on, on the radio uh, a couple of months back and came across really well. So we would <laughs> if that can translate across on radio, you never know. We, we could perform it one time. Um, and I'm happy to do some of the heart math things later on for people to experience for themselves sure. what can happen, happen pretty quickly. Sure. Um, a, a point I want to raise... Um, uh, Nikki, when you were mentioning the, 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 the reasons of our conditioning, um, one thing I thought of as you were explaining that was, is, is, a, is there a, there's a, there's a fear of change amongst us as well, is that when we're, when we're sound, when we're in our comfortable surroundings and that gets to, um, set over time, there's this element that we want it to kind of last as long as possible. Any, any amount of change, even though if it's a view for being for the positive, where it might take us forward, be it in our career, our well-being and so forth, there's still that element that kind of drags us back. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, so I mean, change is one of the biggest things that we resist, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and as soon as we come into any situation where we have to change either our perception or our emotions or our state of being, mm. it's a very natural um, reflex that kicks in for us that we will want to resist that. And then that starts to trigger all sorts of emotional responses within mm. us. Mm. So definitely... Um, so that in itself would would trigger, you know, it's our sort of stress buttons. Just the idea of change. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm. It's it's possibly one of the numbers number one causes for for stress. Mm. Um, change, and if you think about it, it really comes down to our in utero stages. You know, as we're developing, we're developing in a body. So we're talking about the mother's body here, which is. Um, regulated by the circadian rhythm mm. and your your circadian rhythm which is your body clock regulates every physiological um, response in the body so everything is set around this 24-hour <coughs> clock so your body starts to develop within a very regulated environment mm. Mm. yeah and as we're born you know our, our own mechanism you know once we once we're born, our own mechanism kicks in. And, you know, children work well with the routine. Mm. You know, babies tend to, you know, there's a feeding routine and a sleeping routine, and, and we have to um, implement that for them, and they feel a lot safer with that. Mm. So the minute you start to implement change, it starts to trigger this alert or this threat response in the mm. body. I imagine then with, when, when you have a, a diagnosed condition like, OCD, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder or anxiety that you're so dependent on, on making that routine. You, that's that's the environment around you to be as steady and smooth as possible. That is it more challenging? Is it more challenging then to get people like that to to make that big step in your experience with the people you've had to deal with? Um, if I can add something. Yeah, there, please do. Ricky, please the, do. Um, I'm a big thing. I, have, I put a lot of store in the language people use right. and I get them to think about, I mean, change happens all the time. You know, mm -hmm. it's a constant. 
And I asked them to say, well, you know, how do you feel about the word grow? Because when you change, you grow. And when you grow, you change. And just by getting people to reflect on who doesn't want to grow yeah, yeah. in whatever shape that is. And it starts to, in my experience, to help people feel that safety of, yeah, I do want to grow into something mm. else. But people think change and growth are massive things, but yeah. they're not. Small changes mm. in any behavior or any thought has can have good, good. well, does have good impact, you know. Yeah. And it's getting people to recognize the first step is the important one. Mm-hmm. And the change isn't as fearful as they thought it was. Yeah. That's the key that I find. Yeah. So, And I get them to try things and see how it feels, literally. I get them to put their hands together mm-hmm. and then they don't have to think about that then i say take your hands apart interlock the other fingers put the other thumb on top how mm-hmm. does that feel and people will look as if to say these hands don't belong to yeah. me they're not mine mm-hmm. get them to fold their arms and fold them the other way that's a change and it sure. feels uncomfortable sure. <laughs> does that sure. make sense yeah yeah i mean i really liked what you said before earlier as well ray regarding you know this sort of like changing of the terminology so using words like grow uh, I, I find that quite. I find that brilliant because I, I'll tell you from my own perspective. Someone with, you know, I have post traumatic stress disorder, and and that of course is a, an anxiety condition. So the idea, and we talked about change before. I mean, that has been a big factor with me. The idea of change, be it for for good or bad, is it freaks me out. To you know, as much as it is, as you know, as the example that as Nikki has said. But the one element in which I've added to my sort of. Um, I guess repertoire in that. Well, Ricky, think about think about the word regret, and regret is a big thing with me because whenever certain opportunities come my way, and whereas before, you know, it's it's you know the the as, as Nikki says that the stress response kicks in, and you think, no, no, this is where my comfort zone. But then I always go to that the other base. It moves on, and it goes to regret, and it says, well, how are you going to feel in a month or two months, for six months, twelve months down the line when you? didn't take up that opportunity how bad will you feel and this might be a, a weird uh, digression but I remember one time where um, I went to a gig down in London and I was meeting up with a friend this was like before um, before we all had mobile phones and everything and I ended up uh, missing my friend because um, um, his uh, my train was late and then he he went off back home I think he also had anxiety by the way and I was just thinking right that's it um gonna get the train back home it's it's a failure forget it you know just move on but then I thought hang on I'm gonna sit down for a second and I looked at my ticket uh the, the ticket for the gig and it was in Crystal Palace and I was in Victoria Station in London I just thought when I ever look at this ticket again I'm gonna so regret not going to this gig so why not just bite the bullet, go ahead, and at least you've got a good story to tell at the end of it. I mean, I'm sorry if this sounds a bit of a weird digression, but you see the kind of thing I'm sort of uh, leaning towards in that the feeling afterwards of not doing it would, would, would be bigger and, of course, regrettable than having not taken it. So that's how I kind of try and roll around these days, even even though my... My thing these days is just to get by to get by each day as best I can because of course you know PTSD comes with its challenges but um, I do carry this sort of thing in with me about the the added thing of regret that if I don't take this up I know I'm going to feel bad about it later so at least try and give it your best shot you know and in a way this is how I got to where I am now with with mentally sound because 
in the beginning, I was just a, a tea boy at the back, kind of making tea for guests and things in the green room. And here I am hosting the, the bloody thing, so there you go. Just... So you definitely reached beyond there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I hope that makes sense, because I often can do I, digress into weird. That, yeah. yeah. But I do like the... I was triggered to say that but when you mentioned the word grow, because I thought, yes, that is a word that needs to be expressed more in this conversation, I think. Yeah. But if I can offer two perspectives on what you just shared there mm-hmm. about your experience, and again, one of, the, one of my perspectives comes to language, and I find when people say, I have anxiety or I have stress, I ask them to think, hang on, anxiety isn't a thing. You can't hold it, you can't own it. I, I feel anxious, that's a behaviour which is triggered by something. Yeah. So I, I try and help people to understand that you don't have anxiety, it's not to be had, it's mm. something you experience. Mm. And that can be dismantled if it like, but it can be opened up and, and explored from different ways. Yeah. And my other perspective is, is offering a different way that... Um, Nikki mentioned about, you know, we, have, we, we are conditioned to have way we think and all that kind of thing mm. in the same way that if we have repeated experiences physiologically our brain gets wired a certain sure. way that every time that thing happens it triggers mm-hmm. that pathway in the brain which oh that's happened therefore i become anxious that happens i'm stressed that happens oh that makes me really feel happy you know all that kind of thing exactly. and and some of the work i do with the tap, which is the psychosensory you know the body's flowing is blocked we can reverse that so people don't, you might have the experience, the, the memory of feeling anxious, but you don't get the reaction physiologically. And that can be instantaneous for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, is it Pavlov's um, theory? Yes. Yes, with the dog, right? Yes, yeah, yes, the bells. Yeah, yes. It's, the, it's, it's neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, going back to what Ray had said there, you know, um, with the eye, when you make the statement, I have, there's an identification with the eye. Mm-hmm. And that's where the conditioning yeah. then starts to develop or be reinforced. Mm-hmm. Then you become that mm-hmm. rather than noticing or um or being aware of the experience of that feeling mm-hmm. or the experience of that state mm-hmm. and then taking it into another level once you're aware of the, that state mm-hmm. know that that state can change yep. so that's the empowering part yeah. rather than being stuck in a i have no power here yes. this thing is controlling me yeah. i can actually control yeah. this yeah yeah I, recognizing the state and yeah. recognizing or reminding myself that the state will change if I get out of the way <laughs> it's like it's like flipping it isn't it and it's like you know when I when I go to a venue you know I, I'm a I'm a regular to St James's Park to watch Newcastle play for my sins and it's like um when I sit down <laughs> and when I and with not not just in the stadium but I guess anyway if it's a theater or a cinema Having PTSD means you always think of the worst case scenario. So you have to sit as close to the exit as you can and, you know, if something... And we also carry this thing about survivor's guilt. So it's like a double-edged sword because with survivor's guilt, you think, well, why did I survive what I did? Why did I survive the trauma? Because I guess when we... what Me and Nikki talked about, you know, the, the kind of 24-hour cycle of news that we, 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 we go through, especially through through COVID... And that, in, in in a sense, does pump all that negativity in ourselves as well. But for me, knowing that 
you think, well, why did I survive it? Surely I should have been a goner. So you carry that kind of guilt around with you. So it's kind of like any any means of positivity that you try and find. I mean, like I use the example of the football match. So um, it's interesting. So when I'm sitting there, and of course I'm very anxious, but I play my own little mindfulness game. And this is something that just came as a revelation to me through a conversation I had with, with some other guests before. I think it was the um, Newcastle United Foundation um, community that they run at the club. And just watching the ball being kicked about and and you can sort of focus in on your own kind of mindfulness gun there, which is calm, um, try and sort of block out, because of course, you know, you can't ignore the, the amount of noise that goes around you, but it's about trying to gain mindfulness where you are and being aware of your surroundings. So um, I remember one time my, my uh, friend asked me to sit in another seat. And again, that was like, oh, no, 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 can't change, can't change. Inevitably, I did get back to my old seat, but 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 that will take a whole lot of more sort of you know weeks and, and of course watching the game when you're not losing is bad enough. <laughs> Sorry, when you are losing is bad enough. But there you go. And, and a gift which I was given a few weeks ago, um, Ricky, which yeah. chimes in with what you were saying, is you know, as Nikki said, you know, we get locked into these thoughts that keep going round and around and around. Yeah. And somebody shared this with me. Says um, you just need to wait. Mm. And ask yourself this question, W-A-I-T is wait, why am I thinking? Why am I talking? Ah, <laughs> just nice. stop, literally. Don't yeah. even go there to the loop of, what about this, what about that? Just say, wait, okay, just yeah. wait and breathe. Mm. So I, I've used that with a lot of people recently, saying, just wait. Mm. Great. And there's a woman I've been coaching, she's an academic, she's from Cambridge University, and she's a real, you know, she, she can send things to the moon and back, you know, just by thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, she, and I said, and I offered her that. And the minute I said it, no kidding, there was about a 30-second gap on the other side of the call because mm. she suddenly realised, why am I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and so simple things like that that people can have and keep reminding themselves of just stops them in their tracks. Mm. Would, you, would you agree really as well, though? I mean... So I mentioned before about the new, and this is something that Nikki and I have, have talked, it's probably been one of our most popular themes about throughout lockdown. And of course, you know, we had the, the briefings and the, and the 24-hour news and inevitably it, it, it pumped us up with all this kind of negative, especially when you had to read the, you know, very tragic death tolls that were happening each day. So that has that re- in itself reinforced the inner negativities upon within us in a way? And have you noticed it with clients as well? Um, two things to that, Ricky. I think um, when you get hungry for something, you go and find the food that feeds you. So if you feel in yourself personally that things aren't going well, well, you'll find things around you that will reinforce that idea that says things are bad and all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So my my first point when when I get that story from people, I say, well, what else are you doing to not... So don't even listen to the news, don't listen, or go Mm. and do something different that takes your mind off it and doesn't make you feel that way. Mm. But But you mentioned before, you know, like, um, you know, you were saying before things like, you know, don't worry, the world's not going to end. But because this was such a worldwide thing, do you think amongst the vulnerable people out there that inevitably that was a kind of a scenario that they couldn't help not but not think about in a way if you see me. yeah we, we can't deny that at all mm. and the facts are unfortunately 
few things, you know, the number of people who are being even more anxious and depressed is increasing. Suicides, unfortunately, are, you know, the world is causing huge upsets, but I think it's also causing people to stop and think. Hang yeah. on. The sensationalism of it all, isn't it, in this kind of clickbaiting kind of culture that we're in now that negativity kind of, you know, breeds the, the, the sort of, you know... It, it's... Can I... Can I interject there? Yeah, it's go not ahead. just negativity. It's negativity based in fear. Yeah. So if anything is going to get your alert, if anyone, anything's going to get your attention, mm. it's fear because fear, it's, it's back to that survival instinct, our stress yeah. response, it's driven by fear. Mm. Our mind is constantly, our body is constantly searching mm. for events mm. um, to to activate that, not to act, it's, it's constantly searching for events that we can avoid to keep ourselves safe. Mm. So our stress response is always on alert and it's based in fear. So the news, mm. you were talking about sensationalism, <laughs> steeped in fear. Yeah. Um, and that's where, why it had so everyone's attention. Because it was, it was literally like a horror movie being played out in front of our very eyes, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, and we could have long conversations. There have been films made by Hollywood that describe literally what yeah. we're going through right now. Yeah. Go and see. Go and watch Contagion. And this, and this, and this, I think nicely leads to my next question because again, something Nikki and I have touched. Let's look on the bright side now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's sing in unison. Yeah. Um, something that Nikki and I touched upon, but also a, a, a topic I've discussed with sort of. Um, Pre other guests, particularly those in the creative fields, about turning this, harnessing all this sort of, let's call it, let's call it for the sake of this conversation, negative energy into positive. So, we we we've we've talked about, uh, well, I've talked about as well about you know, the future of the arts, for example. You know, things like theatre and all that being in risk. But but what if we could all channel that in and try and you know, uh, Nikki and I talked about journaling, about script writing, about you know. Some people, you know, when you talk about bucket lists as well, people, you know, one of them inevitably is about get getting to write that very first novel. I mean, what a, what a start to a novel it could be about describing twenty twenty because this is a this is a year that we're never going to forget. So, you know, it's all it's also about trying to find a creative um, outputs to to sort of. I mean, that is a positive, a huge positive in itself. You know, especially if it's something that's going to bring joy not to yourself but to others. Because you know, art, as as you degree, and it nourishes the soul, and, and the fact that it could nourish, if you're if you have the capability of, of of doing that to other people, I mean, awesome, you know. So that's that's one outlet, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and and to pick up on your word, joy. The more we can find joy in our life, it does a number of things. But in particular, and this is <laughs> this is why I'm going to bring it around to heart math, if you wish, uh, Ricky, mm. because where does where's the best place to find joy? It's in your heart. And optimism, which uh, is exact opposite yeah. of the negativity. Yeah. 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 So it's fine, and so you know, there's a lot of talk around the world about you know. You, I'm sure you've heard the expression "raise your vibration." You know, so if you feel negative and a bit down, you're not feeling on top form. So your your vibrations really, you know, your energy levels, to find a better word, is really low. Yeah. So by finding things that you're joyful and optimistic, one of the most powerful ways I've found in the past four or five years is to strengthen the connection you have with your heart and the heart to the mind, which is what heart math does. You're right. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and just to tap into something that we've already been said in terms of the organs that we have, you know, mm -hmm. what most people don't realize, Ricky, is that the heart is developed in the fetus before the brain. Yeah. Okay. Number one. Number two, the, the the heart has its own brain. It's it's got the neurons and all that, and so it is independent of the brain. And the third thing is is the the heart sends far more information to the brain than the other way around. Therefore, if your heart's in it. It's amazing what your mind can be open to. But if your heart's not in it, it can't. Yeah. And the essence of heart math is saying, you know, and the reason it's called heart math is because there's a mathematics, there's a science behind it. And it simply says this. If you, if you check, we have a heartbeat, and, you know, people recognize that. We have about 60, 65 beats to the minute if you're resting. But you also have a heart rhythm, and that's the beat-to-beat -beat interval so they're not all a regular interval and that rhythm is an indication of how healthy we are in how we breathe our blood yeah. pressure a lot of the the systems in our body are regulated by the heart and this is all science proven so yeah. if we can change how our rhythm works in our heart and we yeah. can yeah. easily with practice yeah. you know you can't go to the gym and do sit-ups and have a six-pack in a week in the yeah. same way you can't do anything and have instant results but i'll share some things with you for, with harmer that instantly change the rhythm of your heart and the most powerful way is breathing and having an emotional attachment to that mm. make sense yeah yeah it does um it so should i do a few things go, now? go ahead so yeah perhaps, yeah please yeah uh, I, you know as people are going to be listening to this let's just invite them to join in you know why yes. not and you as well and, and give us your honest reaction to this um Ricky, because you're going to be doing this. Yes. So the first thing to do is sit comfortably wherever you are, like all these things. Just a quick disclaimer: no, don't operate any. Yeah, yeah. Machinery. Don't do this dri machinery driving a car. Sit comfortably in a space that's appropriate for what we're going to do. Yeah, good yes. point. So you sit with two feet on the floor, hands resting in your lap, and first of all, just take a deep breath in, and as you breathe out, sink into the chair that you're sitting in. Could be lying on the floor doing this, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So take another deeper breath in, and as you breathe out, relax the shoulders and sink into the chair. It's there to support you. That's the important thing. Mm -hmm. And then now, bring your attention to the area in your chest around the heart. Mm -hmm. Just be aware of the area of the heart. Yes. And while you keep your focus there, Take slightly longer and deeper breaths in and out. So slightly longer, deeper, slower breath in and out while continuing to pay attention to the heart. And some people perhaps count one to five in and one to five out just to get a regular, longer, deeper breath in, paying attention to the heart. And if your mind wanders and thoughts creep in, just bring your attention back to the heart area. As simple as that. And as you do that, just notice what you notice. Always paying attention to the heart area, as if breathing in and out to that area. Yes. So how was that for you, Ricky? Do you know what it is? It, I, I feel a sort of a, 
a kind of reverberation, like a tingle, kind of. Because um, I was actually, I wasn't in a chair. I was actually sitting at the end of the bed, but okay. I was still using the, the yeah. sort of the springy kind of to to sink myself into, and um, yeah, I just feel light and sort of tingly and sort of similar to the the meditation. Um, Mindfulness exercise that Nikki and myself did. So very. Um, yeah. Let me add one more thing to make that even more powerful for you. Mm-hmm. The same. That's called heart-focused breathing. That's the core essence of the breathing approach from Harmat's point of view. And what's that already starting to do is regulate your heart rhythm. That's sending signals to your brain saying, "This is okay. I'm feeling okay about this. Yeah, mm. that's. I'm feeling safe." So now let's add one more thing and see what happens. Because what you're doing now in your physiological body is you're creating coherence. And coherence simply means organized, flowing, it's easy. Most Mm. of us aren't coherent. Mm. So same thing again, sit comfortably and take a deep breath in. And as you breathe out, relax out onto the bed or whatever you're doing. And again, pay attention to the area of your heart. And feel that long, slow, deeper breath flowing in and out of the heart area. Simple as. Slim beat, longer, deeper, slow breaths in and out as you keep your focus on the heart area. And now as you continue that regular breathing, Activate a feeling of care, compassion, or gratitude for something or someone. Could be a pet, could be a person, could be a situation. Activate a positive emotion of care, gratitude, or compassion for you. Yes. Could even be for yourself. So just allow that to be with you for a while while you pay attention to the heart, regular breathing in and out, and increase the coherence in your whole body. And again, just notice what you notice. I'm, yeah, I mean. So Nikki knows this that I'm someone who thrives on empathy. So I was thinking on my, um, I was particularly thinking of my nephew there, and I was really getting quite emotional because um, after my 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 father died, I mean he left us a left a huge void in you know in the family, and then yeah. and it wasn't until a few years later till the nephew came in our lives, and he's just sort of. Wrong to use the word replace because I don't think you can replace anything like that. But he certainly helped restore a lot of the positive, you know, overcome much of the sadness that we all felt at that time. Yeah. Particularly as me, as I was, you know, in I was sort of well into sort of palliative care and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of thanking. What you just experienced there, Ricky, is called quick coherence. So what's be, what, what you've done by changing the breathing pattern and focusing on the heart and that emotional feeling, you've changed your respiration, your blood pressure, all that kind of thing. It's become coherent. And the nice thing for me is that feeling you just experienced is contagious. 
Yeah. When you meet somebody and you're in this state, and for people who who haven't done this, mm. and you're in a small group and three of you know how to do this and the fourth person doesn't, you can use, and Harman has some technology that you can put a sensor on your ear and mm. find out how coherent you are, which is mm. very powerful. Mm. What they've proven through research is that three or four people, three out of the four who know how to do what you've just done, and then the fourth person who has no clue what's happening, they also become coherent. It's sure. contagious. Sure. So when you walk into a room and you feel good, guess what? You make other people feel good. Oh, absolutely. We know it, you know. Sure. And it's when you meet somebody and you, you've got a feeling about them and you, they feel, yeah, I like the, I get a good feeling with you. What you're mm. feeling is their energy level from this heart. Mm. The heart emits an electromagnetic field mm. at least three feet outside the body, which can mm. be measured. So people feel this before you even open your mouth. It's and, fascinating, you know, isn't it? Because, it, you know, the, the heart and the mind were always seen as like two different things. You know, it's like oh, my, oh, my, no. my heart says this, but my head says that kind of thing. And it's... I think what you've shown is that you can get them both on the same side as well, and that totally. can help. Yeah. But but I'd like people to recognise that you can't think yourself into feeling happy. Mm. You have to change the rhythms of your heart, mm. and that will change the the thinking of it. Yeah. That's where it has to start. So I keep saying to people: so next time you've got a question of, of yourself and think, what do I think about that? Don't even go there. Mm. Say, what does my heart say? Mm. And that will give you an honest reaction instantly. One of the one of the um, positive things to come out of lockdown was a you know a, a, I shouldn't really say this because it's well it's not really a, a, a rival show but um, LBC a guy called um, James O'Brien he does something on Thursdays yeah. called um, uh, what is it the Mystery Hour yeah the Mystery Hour and mm -hmm. somebody asked what's the why do we love dancing and apparently the answer lies within within the heart within the fetus that we yeah. we learn yeah. the rhythm early on and that helps us that's why we enjoy yeah. it when we did so. But um, any any anything done from a point of passion, yeah. if you're passionate, it's because that you're open-hearted, yeah. which means you become open-minded. Mm -hmm. And you see people who are really excelling in life. Yeah. They're doing things from passion. Passion is what's leading them. Mm -hmm. It's not the mind or the concepts in the mind which mm -hmm. are leading them. It's really that openness in the heart. Mm. Um, so and, on, and on my website, Ricky, there's a, a cartoon of a, a brain and a heart, and the heart is taking the brain for a walk. <laughs> I'll have to see that. I'll have to see so, that. So, that's, so the heart leads, and yeah. the rest will follow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've, we've all had the experience where, you know, you've had to make your mind up about something, mm -hmm. and all the rational arguments in your head work, but your heart says, I'm not in this. But you yeah. still do it anyway. Yeah. And then you have a hard feeling. You say, God, that feels really the right thing to do. But then, you know, I'm going to buy that thing for me. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to do this. And then your head says, oh, don't even think about it. Yeah. And what wins? The head. Yeah. Your intuition comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. And if we trust that more and more, this world would be a really better place. Yes. You know, we're looking mm -hmm. at, I mean, this, this whole show is about mental health. So just if we just stay on that topic, look how much coherence how much healing can mm. be achieved just mm. through that coherence because yeah. then everything starts to balance. Yeah. You have that flow in the body. And, yes. and that's when you get into a state where you can actually start functioning, mm. you know. And the body can heal itself if, mm. if we're in the right space to do that, absolutely. like we've been saying all the time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's This has been fascinating. I mean, I mean the ethos of empathy. I mean it, it. It's what lies behind the show as well. I mean, if if 
if I find out through, if we just help that one person get through from rock bottom, that dark place into, you know, on a positive trajectory, then it makes, it makes it all worthwhile. And we, we've been doing this show for, I think, around five years now. But if it just helps that one person, I'm I'm happy with that, you know. But um... and the, the thing that you know, it's why I, I use the word either care, gratitude, or compassion, Ricky, mm. because often we're not compassionate or have empathy for ourselves, yeah. and that's where it starts. Yeah. Well, yeah. In order to in order to to help others, you have to keep yourself in check as well, don't you? Otherwise, if you don't do that, then how are you gonna how are you gonna continue? And it's the classic example, you know, when you're on board an aircraft and they say, in the case of the oxygen masks fall down, put your own mask on first. Exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the number one principle in all the work I do is getting people to recognize that self-compassion. Yeah. Because again, you know, when you start getting into space or stillness, the first thing that you meet is your, your, your inner critic. Absolutely. So if you can bypass the inner critic with a lot of self-compassion... Yeah, I'm worthy of this. Then, yes, yeah. then yeah. you've really bypassed the inner critic. Otherwise, it's back to what you were saying, you know, it depends what you feed. If yeah. you keep listening to the inner critic, you're feeding it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, guys, we've reached the end. We've done a full hour. I think we've gone a little bit over, but, um, you know, that that's no problem at all. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed every second of it. Um, before we leave... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'll ask Nick. I always ask Nick at the end, but uh, Ray, first of all, if for, for people out there who want to get in touch with you and learn more about you, what, what was your um, website and social media presence, if you have them? Um, I'm on LinkedIn as Ray Taylor. Mm-hmm. My website is Reach Beyond, but I'll, I admit now I don't keep it up to date. But there are things on there of what I do. But the best thing for me would be Ray at ReachBeyond.com. Okay. You know, just get in touch. Reach, reach people, Beyond, they'll find you if they Google that, won't they? Yeah, yeah Ray at ReachBeyond.com is my email address. Yeah. But it's something that people might want to try for themselves, you know, if, if they want to, you can go to the HeartMath.org website mm. and there's a free, totally free, uh, web. Uh, fr- Personal well-being survey, okay. which I found, and I use with all my clients and track their progress, and it will give you how your well-being is overall about your stress management, your adaptability to situations, your resilience, and your vitality, and it will give you a point in time that this is you, sure. and it gives people a sense of you know where you're at, and it's sure. free. Sure. And you get you, you, it, it's about ten questions, I think, and from that, and again, it's scientifically validated. It's not one of these kind of magazine type questionnaires. Mm-hmm. It's from HeartMath, who are well researched, and it's it's, a, it's a called a personal well being survey. HeartMath.org. Cool. Okay. And Nikki, so there you go. Yeah, Nikki, reminder of your your details for the for listeners out there as well. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram at um, Nikki Robertson Holistic Wellbeing and then I'm on LinkedIn as well, Nikki Samaritano Robertson, <laughs> full name there. Awesome. So I've enjoyed this follow with, with, uh, in the company of uh, Nikki and Ray and I hope you all out there have as well. All that's leave to be said is that we'll see you next next time for episode 18. Um, this episode will be going on our social media, so look out for that. And of course, if you want to get in touch with Ray and Nikki, follow their follow their their advices, and then obviously read into to to their, their their website details and social media. Awesome! Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Ray. Nice to meet you, Ray. It's been fascinating knowing about you and the work and the, this heart and math thing. I've not been introduced to it before, but I'm 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 already I'm already thoroughly engrossed. 
So speak to me. Speak to me again, Ricky. I will do. Yeah, and then hopefully when things back to get back to you know as near as the normal we we knew before, then then please join us in the studio. We'll love to have you. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. That would be really nice. Okay. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, Ray. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye.